regardless of all of that, as a political matter, is it driving the president forward with his messaging? I don't know that continuing to pick that scab is working for him politically. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. 11 minutes after 7 o'clock on this Friday morning, President Joe Biden travels to Bluebell, Pennsylvania today, planning a speech to mark the anniversary of the January 6th riot at the U.S. Capitol. ABC News White House correspondent Karen Travers will be uh, traveling with the president today. She's live with us this morning. Karen, your hometown there. It is, yes. He's heading up there today uh, for a speech that is the first official campaign event of 2024 for the president. He's done campaign events, you know, over the last couple of months, but this marks the first official start now that it is the calendar year of 2024. And the campaign is billing this as a speech where the president is going to argue that democracy and fundamental freedoms are under threat if former President Donald Trump were to return to the White House. We're really expecting him to ramp up his attacks and criticisms of his predecessor and lay out the stakes of the next couple of months. And the the idea here was to do this near Valley Forge, which was where General George Washington, leading the Continental Army, took that, you know, groups of militia and really created the American Army as part of the fight for democracy nearly 250 years ago. There's bad weather expected in Philadelphia area over the weekend, so they moved the speech from tomorrow, which is January 6th, the anniversary of the attack on the Capitol. They're having it today and moving it indoors about 20 minutes away from there. So they're still trying to get the theme of Valley Forge, but a little bit of a different location, what what they had originally planned. Talking with ABC News White House correspondent Karen Travers, who will be traveling with the president today. Karen, I, I feel like we've heard this speech before, though. Mm-hmm. So as a, as a practical political matter, is it working for the president? And I say that because it seems like whenever yeah. he or or even members of the GOP running against former President Trump use terms like existential mm-hmm. threat to democracy and things like that, Trump only grows stronger. Is it working for the president, this message? It's a really interesting question because, you know, when you look at polls, people are concerned about pocketbook issues. They're concerned about, you know, what the economic trends are right now. And there was actually a poll out this week uh, from The Washington Post and the University of Maryland, specifically on January 6th. And it found that, uh, you know, views of that date and, and what happened there have grown increasingly divided along partisan lines. And there's been a lot of misinformation about that. 25% of Americans in that poll believe of the falsehood that the FBI was responsible for the January 6th attack. 77% of Democrats say that those in the mob that day who entered the Capitol were mostly violent, but only 18% of Republicans say that. So it's really striking how that event has become very partisan, too. And so when you see the campaign and the president uh, focus on that day, focus on this as a theme, is it something that is resonating with Americans? The campaign believes that this is something that's so important. Uh, that they think that this is a central issue for the president, for the campaign. Uh, and it's almost like they want to convince Americans of that. The president launched a new campaign ad ahead of this speech today, the first campaign ad of 2024. And he opens the ad by saying he's made the preservation of American democracy the central issue of his presidency. So for him, this is critical. Karen Travers will be traveling with the president today. Look forward to your reporting. Thanks, Karen. Have a great day.
It is 714 on Wisconsin's Morning News. I think it is an important question, though, regardless of the merits of the arguments or where you personally stand on what happened on January 6th, regardless of all of that, as a political matter, is it driving the president forward with his messaging? I don't know that continuing to pick that scab is working for him politically. But we'll see. 714 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. The Green Bay Packers are just a couple of days away from their Week 18 win and in matchup with the Chicago Bears. The Packers can officially clinch a spot in the playoffs with a victory on Sunday. And despite an up-and-down season, controlling their own destiny is not something that is surprising for quarterback Jordan Love. I think we've always had confidence in what we're doing on offense. I think what was hurting us early was not executing early on in the game, not starting fast, and we put ourselves in some holes. We weren't helping the defense out. And then we get in situations where we're having to, you know, we're down a couple scores, we got to go fast, got to get in that two-minute mode. So I think the turning point for us was just when we started to find that rhythm, able to start games fast, put up points, and put that pressure back on the defense. You know, I think obviously we had to go through some things, but just getting a couple games into it and understanding what we need to do, what we need to get better at, and then obviously finding ways to get better at it and you know starting those games off faster um, was huge for us. The Packers last beat the Bears to open up the season in Chicago back in September, but according to head coach Matt LaFleur, both teams are completely different this time around. Just going back and watching the game from week one, it feels like it was last season. It feels like so long ago. So I think when you look at our team and you look at their team, I think we're two, two totally different teams. So it's going to be a new set of challenges for both of us. Packers Bears all set for a 325 Sunday afternoon kickoff at Lambeau Field. Our Green Bay game day coverage will begin right here on WTMJ at noon on Sunday. Over to the NBA where it came down to the final minute of play, but Giannis and the Bucks squeaked out the 125-121 to 121 win over Victor Wembiyama and the Spurs on Thursday night. To Giannis, left wing, tie game, 56 seconds to go. Giannis with a ferocious slam right in the face of Kelton Johnson with a foul as a cherry on top. Giannis Antetokounmpo once again showing this is still my league. Dave Kane on the call here on WTMJ. You know my buddy texted me last night. He goes, he's watching the game. Yeah, yeah. He goes, you know what this reminds me of watching Webby and, and Giannis? A Transformers movie. <laughs> I mean, just mass, dunk, block, I mean, everything. So. Ferocious! There you go. He was like, it's just what it reminds me of. I'm like, it's, it's a good analogy. I this like young that. cat is like, a lot of people get hyped and they come out in their rookie. Yeah. This guy's going to be the next. This guy's going to be, mm-hmm. like, so far, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's living up to it. That was a pretty fun game last night. Giannis would get the last laugh, though. He finished tonight with 44 points and 14 boards in the Bucks with the win and proved a 25-10 and 10 on this This is season. still my league. Let him know, Eric. And they snapped their two-game losing skid. It was definitely good to compete in this type of game, you know, coming off a loss, you know, just trying to uh, get our momentum back. It was a tough game, but we put it through. A win is a win on the road, and um, we'll take it. Bucks guard Malik Beasley there following the win for his team. Next up, another road matchup for the Bucks in Houston on Saturday night. And lastly, over to some college hoops, the UWM Panthers falling to Oakland on Thursday night by a final score of 100-95. The struggling season for the Panthers continue, and with the loss, they now fall to under 500 on their season, now sitting at 7-8. and eight. A new trove of documents released in the Jeff- Jeffrey Epstein scandal. Did they tell us anything? That story next. Coming up on 624 this Friday morning, are you finding a go-to source, Eric, for all the Epstein stuff that is 
filtering out, trickling out, whatever. Mm. Like, I can't find one spot where it's laid out succinctly. What did we find out today, and what does it mean? Yeah, it's tough because you, you can you can find some quote unquote influencers who are happy to find certain yeah. things. No, thank you. Which you know you you have to you you can you know sift through and figure out. However, you got to understand that sometimes these influencers are only looking for a specific bent on everything. Uh, so yeah, a little uh, uh, a late batch came down yesterday on the Epstein filing. Newly unsealed court documents offer a who's who of people name dropped in connection with Jeffrey Epstein, the notorious sex offender who hanged himself in jail while awaiting trial. Some had known associations with Epstein, like the actor Kevin Spacey, the magician David Copperfield, supermodel Naomi Campbell, and former presidents Trump and Clinton. Speaking of Clinton, that was ABC's Aaron Katursky. So one of the new revelations that came down in this late, this recent batch, which is only about 20 documents or so, is that apparently one of the victims, when she was um, emailing with a reporter, a tabloid reporter from Great Britain, she mentioned the former president, Bill Clinton. And she said in her email that she's worried because that she heard in the past that Bill Clinton walked into a Vanity Fair newsroom and threatened them to not write any sex trafficking articles about his good friend J.E., which would be Jeffrey Epstein. And that, you know, everyone got all worked up about that. Ooh, Clinton storming into a newsroom. Did he storm in? Well, right. Who knows? <laughs> right. He walked in, whatever the email said. However, as of now, there's nothing to indicate that that actually happened. It could have. We're not saying it didn't. It just there's no evidence to prove that it did. Vanity Fair saying absolutely not. That categorically did not happen. Spokesperson for Clinton also saying that they did not have a close relationship anyway. But Clinton's name is in there and out there uh, in some of these documents. So that's like the 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 newest juiciest detail was the fact that Clinton was telling Vanity Fair, according to this victim. That, uh, hey, don't write any articles about Jeffrey Epstein. And the hard part about all this is you don't know what's true. You don't know what's not true. Right. And some of it wasn't investigated much beyond what was right. said in a deposition or all of these things that are there. So you don't hasn't been vetted out. Well, and, the, and here's the other issue. The email that this Virginia Dufresne was sending this to was a, a tabloid reporter who, in some of these emails, was actually suggesting, hey, you know, Emphasize this or that because then you could write a really good book. The newly released records show how attorneys for Glenn Maxwell sought testimony from a British tabloid reporter who they claimed helped Epstein victim Virginia Giuffre manufacture stories about sexual encounters with Epstein's famous friends like Prince Andrew. Maxwell's attorneys accused the reporter Sharon Churcher of encouraging Giuffre to handwrite a diary describing her alleged sexual encounters with Prince Andrew. Yeah, one of her thoughts was, according to some of these emails and different documents, and accusations is that this uh, tabloid reporter was saying, hey, if you amp this up, make the sound a little bit better, then you could really sell a good book. See, too much smoke. We'll never get right, to the bottom right. of it. We'll which never is, know. Which is frustrating, right? You want to learn more? You want to know what's real? Any more new due out today? or uh, they, There's several more that need to come out yet. As of now, we've only had 60 of the 250 documents released. This could be a battle for years to come in the NBA, a battle of titans. Brandon Snyde has that in sports coming up at 7.45. Hey, get ready. Here we go. The award season is now officially upon us. The Golden Globes are Sunday night. Keep going. So Joe Coy, who's a comedian, he's got a lot of stuff on Netflix. Joe Coy is our our, uh, MC, our host, if you will. I thought this was pretty interesting. Joe Coy is his name. Is he good? 
as a comedian. Do I know him? Is this one uh, of these where you, you no, recognize him? You see him, but he's right. he's all over Netflix. I think he's a handful at least of um, different shows on there. Okay. Anyway. Was this the one that Gervais used to host all the time? Yes. Make everybody, how, all of Hollywood would How amazing him. that would have been. All the viewers loved it. <laughs> Can you imagine if Ricky was there right. now? Hollywood he, hated he it. Brings all the Epstein stuff. Blowing everybody up. <laughs> right. Anyway, I thought that this was very relatable because uh, Joe Coy was talking to ABC and he was saying, hey, you know, like I couldn't go anywhere during the holidays because the last thing he wanted was to get what the rest of us have some kind of virus or flu or oh, right. yeah. cough. I wanted to make sure I was ready, prepared, and I didn't want to get sick. I didn't want to do anything. I'd just been locked up in my house just writing. <laughs> I can't really do anything. Um, so let's see who's going to win everything. Well, Barbie is the top nominee at the big show, followed by Oppenheimer. Golden Globes, of course, Sunday night on CBS. Anything else big out last year? Right. There was Barbenheimer. So those two films... Those are the two big ones yeah. as far as film-wise goes. But yeah, there's a lot of stuff out. It tells you, too, like in terms of winning these big awards, this Oscars, whatever, you know, like luck of the draw, too. Like you can have a great film that comes out in a year that three other amazing films right. come out. And they're all, you know, competing for those top awards. And you can have kind of a down year, which, but for the exceptions you mentioned... And, and I'll say this, too. I, it's, it sounds funny to say this out loud, but Barbie and Oppenheimer... Both very good films. And real different. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> right? News about your uh, news is sponsored by Annex Wealth Management's Money Talk. That's heard Saturdays at 10 right here on WTMJ. Next weekend, not this, but next weekend, join WTMJ for the Brewers Winter Warm-Up event that's presented this year by UW Credit Union. It's Saturday and Sunday, the 13th, the 14th, and this year it's going to be at Miller High Life Theater. Sounds like a super awesome event. We had Rick Schlesinger from the Brewers telling us about all the guys who are going to be there, signing autographs. There's a 90-minute show that they do on the main stage there at the Miller High Life Theater. Come back, come back! Well, this is only two days. It's just back-to-back. Ah, okay. So we are giving away tickets one more day here on Wisconsin's Morning News. WTMJ now has a pair, and Wisconsin's Afternoon News does as well. You get a chance to meet the players, get a few autographs, get some exclusive early opportunity to buy opening tickets as well. Millions of birds. Brewers Winter Warm-Up event is presented by UW Credit Union. Two tickets now to caller number five at the Old National Bank Talk and Text Line, 855-616-1620. Caller number five wins a pair to the Brewers Winter Warm-Up event presented by UW Credit Union. I was waiting. Put away the snow plowing. Come on out. <laughs> we are your home of the Brewers, News Radio 620 WTM. You like brats? Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. The Green Bay Packers are just one more win away from the playoffs. They'll cap off their regular season with a matchup against the arch rivals, the Chicago Bears, on Sunday afternoon. There are a few scenarios for the pack to get into the tournament, but the simplest way, a win and in at Lambeau Field. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of factors coming into it, but, you know, this whole team's focus on just making sure we get that win and moving on because uh, we know exactly what's in front of us and we're trying to we're trying to get in the playoffs. So, you know, I don't think any of those things were too much for us. Green Bay is getting healthy at the right time as well, especially on offense. 
for the second time this week on Thursday. All of Jordan Love's weapons were back out on the practice field. That includes Christian Watson, paving the way for all of them to be available on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, we got. A, I think we got a lot of playmakers. Um, we can spread the ball to anybody out there. I think at any point anybody can get the ball. Um, and it, we got a really unselfish receiver, tight end, running back room. Everybody wants to see everybody else succeed. So um, I think that's the awesome part about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, we got playmakers everywhere. Get all set Sunday, beginning at noon with our Green Bay game day coverage right here on WTMJ. Over to the NBA, where the first battle between Giannis and the San Antonio Spurs rookie sensation, Victor Webinyana, exceeded the hype. Giannis finished the night with 44 points and 14 boards, and Milwaukee came up clutch late to beat San Antonio 125 to 121. Giannis alone again. Can he do it twice? Yes, sir. Giannis back to back bombs. He has put the Bucks ahead by three with two. 21, four to go here in the fourth quarter. Dave Kane on the call right here on WTMJ as the Bucks, after dropping those two consecutive games to the Pacers, find themselves. Finally, back in the win column for the first time in the new year. You know, Giannis can do it all, man, and I think he showed it tonight. He got attacked the rim, he hit a couple threes, playmaking. I mean, it just uh, he's a special. He's special, you know. So it was fun to to, to witness him up close, and and I thought San Antonio played well too. So it, it just uh, I think the bigger the stage, Giannis always comes through, and you know we needed this game. Obviously, he dropped a couple, but a win is a win in this league. It's tough to win on the road, and it's, it's tough to win after back to backs. Uh, we just got to continue and get get ready for Houston. This is still my league. Yes, it was. Giannis there with the dunk over over Webin Yama, the 25 and 10 bucks back in action tomorrow night. Still on the road. They'll be in Houston to take on the Rockets. Is this is this dude the next Giannis? Like can he bulk up a little bit more? Like no. remember how skinny Giannis was when he came out? Yeah, I don't think he can though. Right. You think this Giannis is one of one. Right. One of one. Oh, baby. <laughs> Mark Tauscher, another one of one. <laughs> for various reasons. Joins us next on Wisconsin's Morning News. Idea Man. The Green Bay Packers want this to work. Innovative. Now whether or not Jair wants it to work, that's why the line in the sand is there. Jair, it's on you. And Packers Hall of Famer. Do you want to be a great Defensive Player of the Year candidate, a potential Hall of Fame player? If you want that, we want you here. We want you as a part of it. But if you don't, okay. Now we know that you have decided that you don't want to do that here. It's time for Tausch on Wisconsin's Morning News. Presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin and Kohler Services. 752 on Wisconsin's Morning News. The scenario I've drawn up that I would be entirely okay with Tausch is as follows. Packers beat the Bears handily at Lambeau Field. I'd like that on Sunday. They make the playoffs. All these young guys get a little bit of taste of what the playoffs are like. We end up playing Dallas down there. Go see the old ball coach, Mike McCarthy, and go ahead and give McCarthy his. Now, I don't want us to lay down, but you go out there to Dallas. You get beat by a better team. Okay, fine. We got the experience. McCarthy gets his because I love him and I think he's a good guy. And then on to next year. You like that? Um, well, I mean, I'm not going to like that because I don't want to lose, no, I mean, but I, I, I understand. Not. Yeah, I think if you're looking at from an expectation standpoint where we were, and obviously even if Chicago somehow comes into Lambeau and wins, I'm still looking at this season in a big success, as especially on the offensive side of the football and for a lot of people, you'd also say, well, you're also going to probably have a change in defensive coordinator, which is a big win. But, yeah, I think um, if your scenario plays out 
and Green Bay wins. Ghost plays Dallas, plays a tight game, gets beat, and Jordan gets his first playoff sniff, and all these young wideouts get the same thing. Uh, it would be it would go from just being a big success to a monster success. But once you get in the playoffs, you, you're never going to want to just accept that. But I think from an outside perspective and from a fan standpoint, uh, this season has went very well. And if you can add in getting a playoff game and going down and playing a Dallas Cowboy team really tough at their place, I think you could look at that and say, mission accomplished. Tows, they always call it, what, Black Monday, the day after the final game, because oftentimes there's a handful of coaches. If Everybody not more. gets whacked. Yeah. Does, if, does the number of coaches who may lose their job or may not lose their job, would that dictate what happens with Barry, with the defensive coordinator? I mean, it be, because there's only so many good coaches out there, right? Like, if there's going to be a lot of transition at the head coaching level, that means those staffs are going to change. Does that ever dictate how another team might decide on what they do with their coordinators? Uh, I certainly hope that's not the case, and I don't think in this case um, you sense that the season ending will be the end for Joe Barry on the defensive staff here. But, yeah, obviously if if somebody, if Robert Sala ends up being relieved of his duties from the Jets, I would think that would even make yeah. it more uh, likely that Matt LaFleur would make a change. But, no, I, I think anytime you're looking, especially if you're – you know, Matt LaFleur, you're always paying attention to who's out there and somebody that you really like. But I don't think it should be if, if your group is doing well and progressing the way you want it to, that doesn't mean, well, I know this guy, I want this guy, I'm going to go get this guy. I think that's more of a bring him in as an analyst, let him kind of look at things. But when you're in a case where this defense has been and what Joe Barry's group has done and how obviously frustrated Matt LaFleur is, if someone that you really, really like and admire is available on the defensive staff, it just makes it that much more, I guess, likely that you would make a move. Hey, we didn't talk about this yet, Tausch, but uh, Aaron Rodgers stepped in it a little bit. Uh, well, I guess depending on your perspective this week, he got into a war of words with Jimmy Kimmel about you know the Epstein list and all sorts of stuff like that. He's a regular on McAfee's show on ESPN. There were some calls calling on ESPN to say, well, you can't even have this guy on this show anymore. You got any thoughts on that? I mean, I, I, I personally, I'm not generally been one to defend Rodgers. I think he was making a joke. People can argue over whether or not it crossed a line. But, you know, I think he meant to pop off, wasn't seriously suggesting that Jimmy Kimmel was on Epstein's list. But he's come out there with some crazy stuff before. Does he still have a place, particularly when he's not playing, to be regular on one of these shows? Absolutely. Uh, you know, he, you're always, I mean, we as radio hosts know this more than anything. You have to, you're always accountable for what you say and how you say it. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel has said a lot of stuff too, and he can use it under the guise of comedy and everything else. So Aaron Rodgers, my guess is, I'm not a lawyer, could also say the same thing under the guise of comedy. But Aaron Rodgers is an interesting cat. Some people hate him. He's obviously become more and more polarizing. But people still pay attention and listen to what he has to say, uh, regardless if you believe it or don't believe it or whatever. So, yeah, I think there's always going to be a place. Uh, let me ask you this, Vinny. Aaron Rodgers says, hey, I want to hit Wisconsin's morning news. Tausch is out tomorrow. I want him to be on at 750. What's Eric Bilstead and Vinny saying? Hey, pancake, on, book it. <laughs> yep. Right? Amen. Mark Tauscher with us I think that today. Hope we're talking about a win this week, Tausch. Uh, we'll talk Do to you. You on guys got a win. 
the, or let's put it on the books. Everybody here thinking playoffs win on Sunday. Yes, I. You know what, though? I, I was super confident about them being the Giants, and that didn't happen. So yeah. now I'm kind of cautious about any time yeah, I say. Win. It's, not, it's a sure close win, but it's a win. All right. All right. Two highs and one. Dub, what dub, did you abstain? Dub. All right, go. Let's do it. Fine. Dub it up. All right, unanimous. Pancake? Boy, that was Pancakes that was real, a lot of conviction there from Bill Stead. Wow. <laughs> Bill Stead voted present. Too many times. <laughs> yeah, do I have to say something? See you guys.